having composure is an indicator of how prepared you are. Right? It's definitely also an indicator of your maturity, your personal and professional maturity, and also your acumen. I'm Dr. Grace Lee, and you're listening to the Career Revisionist Podcast for executives, team leaders, people managers, and ambitious professionals from all backgrounds. It's for those among us who can't stay stagnant and admire anyone who demonstrates exponential growth. We challenge ourselves to step out of our comfort zone and into higher levels of leadership, and we are determined to rise confidently in our industry so that we can make our greatest contribution using our knowledge and expertise. We've worked hard to become great at what we do, but only so we can achieve the goals that give our lives meaning and purpose. And while we persevere through a college education to get us here with our technical skills, we understand that to get to the next level where we desire to be, it requires a different kind of skills. And we're not comfortable with failure because we experience satisfaction when we are advancing. And while some of us work well under pressure, all of us perform the best when we are part of a winning team. And instead of just hoping to achieve what's important to us, we choose to become a more optimized version of ourselves to make it happen. We're not just A players. We are A plus players, and we are the source of consistent output that makes positive advancements in the world around us. Have you ever noticed that great leaders have composure? And trustworthy people, those people that have charisma, that you find that they're trustworthy, you immediately trust them, they also have composure. Well, if you want to take your life and career to the next level and you want to be able to be leading other people, it's important to have composure. So if that's you, then this is the right video for you. In today's video, I'm going to share with you how to stay calm and maintain your, your composure, even if you're freaking out inside. Now, I like my distinction, so let's begin by having an understanding of what composure means. When we say having composure or being composed, that is a state of mind. It really is a state of mind. It's not a feeling. It's not a condition. It is not a physical condition. It is a state of mind. And having that state of mind allows you to feel calm. When you have a certain state of mind, this is where your mind is even at rest. This is where you, your mindset, it's part of your mindset, your state as well, your physiological state, your emotional state, that allows you to produce the feelings of calmness. The root of staying calm is having self-control. That is at the, at the root of all of this. So composure is when you do have composure, being composed will then be reflected in your attitudes. It's going to be reflected when you're speaking, right? Most of speaking is nonverbal. Your body language, that's also going to be reflected in having composure as well. And also how you show up. This is your presence, and what most people call executive presence. So by the way, if you want to discover more about executive presence, then I invite you to watch this video. It's going to be either here or on this side. There's going to be a link that shows my previous video on how to have executive presence at work, right? But this is a separate video on having composure. How do you maintain your composure? So when you are composed, when you do have composure, then all of these things will be in effect. Right? You will have the attitude, the body language, the presence, and all of these things make up your composure. And this is what people notice. And they also sense it from you. And therefore, you become the leader who is respected, who is trustworthy, and who is also you are exuding that you deserve to be in charge. Right. So then the other part of it is, well, how do you have composure even when you're freaking out inside? Well, freaking out is usually in conversations that are emotionally charged. 
So we, we freak out as humans. We freak out most likely when we are in situations with other people where it's potentially this, the outcome of this conversation is going to have a high impact. Or maybe when this conversation, it's really high stakes conversations. For example, when you're talking to higher ups, or if you're an entrepreneur, when you're speaking with clients or potential clients as well, coworkers, even friends and family, you know, your, it's really your values. What are high stakes for you? What's a high stake for you, a high priority? What is potentially going to be a high impact on you? So it depends on your values as well and the outcomes that you find desirable, what you want to get out of it. So let me give you a couple of examples of what could be high stakes conversations or high impact conversations that might cause one to freak out. So for example, if you're in a conversation with your spouse or your partner, where it's all about how do we establish a future with each other? that we want to have a certain level of happiness for the rest of our lives. That's a high stakes conversation. We're about to spend the rest of our lives together or an extended future together. And we don't know what's going to come our way, but we want to produce the best quality of life with each other. So that's going to be one example of a high stakes conversation. And that has a tendency when we're in conversations like that, freak out is a greater tendency to occur. So here's a second example of a conversation that's high stakes, high impact. When you're at work and it's all about your life's work it's, and, and you're having this conversation, everything, your whole life's work is accumulating to this point of recognition. Maybe you're up for promotion. Maybe you want to move across a department. You're, you're about to be recognized. It, it accumulates all to this point, everything you've worked hard towards or your reputation, recognition or reputation. That's another example of a high stakes conversation. Right, so how do we have composure, show composure, even in freak out conversations, in situations where we might or we could experience freaking out? Right, showing composure is a crucial characteristic of a leader. Right? I established this in the beginning because having composure is an indicator of how prepared you are. Right? It's definitely also an indicator of your maturity, your personal and professional maturity, and also your acumen. Right? When you want to get to higher levels in your career and in your business, for those of you who are entrepreneurs, you must have a degree of acumen. When you exude a certain degree of acumen, then your clients right, or your team members or your management, all of a sudden they can trust you and they have confidence in your skills and your competence. So when I say leadership, of course, it could be leading leadership, leading in any arena of life. Being a leader doesn't only mean in your career, and it definitely doesn't only mean in your business. You can lead in any arena of your life. You can lead in your family. You can lead in your finances. And of course, you can lead in your career and in your business. So whenever I refer to having composure so that you can take the lead, so you can be in leadership, it could be any arena of your life. And remember, career is only one arena of life. It's not necessarily the most important. All arenas of our life are important. And you want fulfillment in life. It's about striking a balance in all arenas of your life. Right? So showing composure helps people around you feel safe and secure. When you are composed, the way that you show up is reflected of your attitudes, your body language, your preparedness, right? And it gives people calmness. It allows others to be calm that you are in control, or at least you deserve to be in control. It also shows other people that when you are composed, you're not freaking out. And usually people tend to mirror their leaders. So if you're showing up and you're freaking out and you're getting angry, then it's really difficult 
to produce an environment of safety and security for your family, if that's what you're leading, or for your team members, if that's the situation at hand. Without it, without composure, your team or your family or the people in front of you, they're going to feel uneasy. And it will have a negative impact on the culture of your environment, whether the environment is pertaining to work or family or your network of friends. It will have a negative effect on that culture. So for example, if others see that you're unable to be accountable for your own emotions, they're going to believe that it's, going, it's okay for them to do the same. And you become an example, a living example. So now, for the remainder of this video, I want to share with you, now that I've established the importance of composure, what it means and what, what certain situations this may bring your attention to, now I want to share with you five key tips to maintain your composure. And this is about how to apply this to all aspects of your life, not just career. But how do you apply these tips, these strategies, these proven strategies, all arenas of your life, family, finances, career, business, even your fitness? How do you apply it so that you can have composure no matter what curveballs life throws your way? So tip number one, focus on outcome. Right? When you are freaking out, right? Chances are the focus is on you, right? What if I fail? What will others think of me, right? What if they don't like me? What if they don't hear me? What if they don't understand me? Chances are the focus is on you. So the first step is to focus on outcome instead. Redirect your concern away from you and focus on what do I desire? What is the outcome I want out of this? My desired end state, right? And whatever comes your way, however people respond, you don't have control over those anyway, other people's choices or other people's choices of what they do or say to you, you don't control those things anyway. So don't take it personally. Because chances are, even if someone was outright violent or outright offensive to you, it's not about you. Hurt people hurt people. So don't take it personally. You can't possibly know everything that is going on inside their head, all of their history of experiences. You can't possibly know. So don't take it personally. Even if sometimes it can come across as an attack or they are outright attacking, don't take it personally. Look for evidence, right? Get, because you are going, you look for evidence, meaning that you know that you're taking it personally, too personally. If you find yourself getting defensive, then chances are you're taking it too personally. Or if in those moments you repeatedly, you always think that I got to justify my thinking. I must justify my actions in front of this person. Then if that's what you're noticing, then those are evidence also that you're taking it too personally. Right? So that's tip number one is to focus on outcome. Tip number two is to forgive oversight. Whenever you are working with other people or living with other people in the case of family or just going through life with others in, in the case of your friends, there will always be somebody who makes mistakes. People make mistakes. People have oversight, right? They step over, they make mistakes, they disregard something, they forgot something. And that sometimes could cause hurt or harm, right? Sometimes it could cause you emotional hurt. Sometimes you might be disappointed or maybe frustrated or even angry. So the key to having composure is to forgive that oversight. This will be an exercise of strength in character, strength of your character. It's not about, now when I say forgive oversight, I'm not, I don't mean allowing others to walk over you or to treat you like a doormat. That's not what I mean. I just mean forgiving oversight. Forgiving oversight doesn't mean that you're taking ownership of their actions. It doesn't mean that you're saying it's okay when it's not. 
It just allows you to open up and seek to understand why was that oversight made. And when you seek to understand, that's when your communications improve and the relationships as well. And it allows you to have compassion over oversight and how we can we prevent this from happening again. So that is tip number two, is to forgive oversight. Tip number three is to fuel opportunity. Fuel it. Now, opportunity, what is opportunity? And again, that's very personal to you. Identify the opportunity, your opportunity to add value, your opportunity to make things better for other people. And this is when you will be most optimized to make the most meaningful contribution you can and also to have fulfillment as well. But at the same time, as you are focusing on opportunity, fueling your opportunity, identifying it and moving towards it, it will require you to be decisive. And sometimes you might have to make tough calls, but that's part of exuding composure as well, being decisive, making those tough calls and not going back on your word. Because going back on your word, letting yourself off the hook is fertile soil for having a lack of self-confidence because, because now you can't even trust yourself. So that is tip number three is to fuel opportunity. And tip number four is to finish on oration. Finish on oration. So what is oration? Oration is your discourse. It is a professional address, what you say, right? It could be a speech that you are giving, but it is formal. It is meant to serve a purpose. It is meant to connect and build rapport and serve a purpose and to add value. So then it is more formal. It's not just a casual, how is the weather? I like what you're wearing. It's not like that. It is your discourse. So this is where to have composure, even if you're freaking out inside, one of the most important things you can do is to communicate effectively. Effective communication gives other people confidence. You are transferring confidence that, hey, I got this. I got you. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to help you through this. I know the solution. I know what you've been through. And I know what you're going through right now. So effective communication will allow you to exude composure, even if inside you have uncertainty or inside you are a little nervous or anxious about the outcome. So if you are somebody who's serious about, I want to know how to apply this in all arenas of my life, then before I go to tip number five, because there's five tips, before we go to the last tip, I invite you to book a call with me. Below this video, in the description of below this video, there is a link to book a call with me. And this is where I can help you to show you exactly how to apply this in all arenas of your life, your career, your business, even your family. How do you become composed? How do you communicate effectively? And by the way, if you are a career professional, so this is especially for you, if you want to take your leadership to the next level, this is not for you. However, if you're at the beginning stage of your career, or if you are still a student or maybe a recent graduate, but it is for you. If you are established career professional or a business owner, established entrepreneur, and you want to take your business to the next level and you understand the importance of personal development and working on interpersonal skills, then this is for you. So book a call and I look forward to seeing you on the inside. And finally, tip number five on how to have composure. Tip number five is to face inner obstacles. Face inner obstacles. Now, just earlier on tip number four, this was about finishing on oration. It's about effective communication. Communication are interpersonal skills. Interpersonal meaning between people. Inter means between. So communication is between people, 
But before you can effectively communicate to another person, these are interpersonal skills. Before you can master your interpersonal skills, we must also master our intrapersonal skills, which means within us. Intra is within, within oneself. Intrapersonal skills means your ability for self-regulation. Because let's face it, there's a lot of emotions when you are in high-stakes conversations. There's a lot of emotions when there's so much at stake. When you, it is accumulation of all your life's work, there's a lot of emotion there. And we can't get rid of our emotions. We're not to get rid of them because we want life fulfillment. And fulfillment comes from feeling the full range of human emotions. And try, have you tried this? If you tried to avoid your emotions, it comes back to hit you harder later on. So self-regulation is not about avoiding certain emotions or getting rid of negative emotions or stopping them in its tracks. Self-regulation is around feeling the emotion, but not becoming them. It is feeling them so that we can live wholeheartedly, feeling them so that we can genuinely lead others and understand others exactly where they're at. But it doesn't mean we become our emotions. And this is where we must face all of our inner obstacles that are standing in the way of becoming the best versions of ourselves. So I want to hear from you because I've given you a lot of information, but information is not transformative. You must apply and you must apply and be, be the person who knows how to apply what I have shared with you today. So I want to hear from you. Comment below and let me know the key takeaway that you've learned from today's video. 